Hey, hey guys. guys. Guys, we got our nails done. <laughs> we did our nails, guys. We, we went to an overpriced fancy nail salon. The guy who did my nails was chatting me up, but he was really nice. Yeah, I couldn't tell if he was flirting with me. I don't think he was. Nice. I, think okay. he was I think he was polite. Yeah, my guy like didn't speak a single word to me. So. <laughs> yeah. He was like this bitch. <laughs> Coming here dressed like a little boy. Get out. <laughs> No, he was nice. That was so funny. I was, like, trying not to, like, laugh really hard because he was, like, talking about the lotion or whatever. You guys were, like, laughing. But then he, like, shook it and went. <laughs> and I was, like, laughing. I literally had to, like, look away and be, like. Was that on my arm? Yeah. yeah I, was, like, I, I know. It, it started off, like, and, like, nothing came out. And then he was, like, oh. And then, like, did, like, a row. And it was, like, a dessert. It was, like, he was decorating was a cake. So but the cake was funny. my arm. <laughs> Okay, that sounds kind of sexual. I'm sorry. I don't know why. Um, I, <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. not trying to sexualize this 45 year old man who did yeah, my nails. Yeah, he's really <laughs> first time <laughs> that nice. a man has ever done my nails. Same though. They, they Actually, did a great job. It might have been the second time. I think a man has done mine before, but I was just like, oh. I know. It's kind of like okay. A woman does mine. Yeah. Like, I was like, they slayed. Yeah, they did. I'm gonna say it here, right here, right now, before you guys get to the end and then you don't listen to us. Um, follow the Instagram. Follow the if you're listening Instagram. to this, if you're listening to the pod, follow the Instagram, please, please. please. That's the only way we're going to be able to build our audience. That's and how we do get more promo. fun things. Yes, yeah. true. And we're working on it. We want to get video podcasts mm-hmm, eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, that will help, I think. TikTok, but we do funny little. We, we she fucking Tony. I literally forgot this week, and I was like, oh shit, off. I should do that tonight. Make a little funny, oh. stupid little thing. But I post. Yeah. Do you see? That I, I posted, and I was like, um, we we are here. Yes, but just wait. So I yeah, did. it's pretty comical. So it's hilarious. If you like us, go on there, and if you feel like you want to leave a little comment, yeah, guys, we'll interact. Yeah, we will. All right, okay. we're talking about nineties rom coms. You don't know what a rom-com is? It's a romantic comedy. Yes. But I feel like there's a certain vibe to a rom-com. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm, yeah. Well, like, explain. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Like, it doesn't... Like, yeah, the, the premise is a, is a romance. <laughs> but it's Indeed. also a, a comedy. <laughs> just that is the vibe, yeah. <laughs> just kidding. You know what I mean? It's, like, heartwarming, and it's, like, you know it's goofy, and it's, like, yeah. kind of dumb, but you're, like... It's not I'm still fully gonna serious. watch it, and I'm gonna love it. Yes, you know? it's, it's also like, like not usually. Very it's like realistic. that like guilty pleasure thing. Oh, it's never. Realistic. It's never real, and it's, it's trophy. Never. Okay, mm-hmm. well, the one I'm talking about is singles. This one I feel like no one really knows about. First of all, the tagline for this is "Love is a game, easy to start, hard to finish." Wow. Now you tell me what that means. <laughs> <laughs> like what? easy to start. I don't hard think it's easy to start. In what way? Personally? Yeah, personally, I don't think it's easy to start. And also, in what way is a game hard to finish? Like, that, isn't that the point of a game? Is that there's an end? Yeah. I Oh, I guess just because, like, breakups are hard. Maybe that's what it means. It's hard to move on. Oh, it, so it's hard to move on from a game? Yeah. But then it's like, see, it's <laughs> like seeing it as a game, which is a little bit weird. Problematic. It's a little problematic, yeah. Um, Guys, anyways, love is not a game. That tagline gets a two. <laughs> okay, so Singles is a romantic comedy released in 1992 by the writer and director Cameron Crowe, who also did movies, ready for this, Almost Famous, Jerry Maguire, mm. Fast Times at Ridgemont High, and Say Anything, and a bunch of other ones. The movie stars Kyra Sedgwick as Lisa, Campbell Scott as Steve, Bridget Fonda as Janet, and Matt Dillon as Cliff. Kyra Sedgwick is married to Kevin Bacon, Mike King, um, and he's... That's one of the best 80 movies ever. Footloose. Guys, we have a... I gotta do a Footloose episode one time. Yeah. I gotta do it. We have a picture of Kevin Bacon hanging up in our house. Of course we do. And it was gifted to me in probably the... Probably freshman year of high school I, I received that. 
Wow. Yeah. Wow, it's vintage. It's vintage. <laughs> From <Wow>. Lily. <laughs> vintage. vintage 2015. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> um, and Bridget Fonda, who plays Janet, is the granddaughter of Henry Fonda and niece of Jane Fonda. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. I was wondering. Yeah. But she ha- none of them have, like, really been in anything else. And, like, Kyra Sedgwick, like, she has a face you're like, oh, I recognize her. Yeah, I was But she's never that. really been in, like, any big movies. The movie follows a group of 20-somethings in Seattle during Seattle. <laughs> Seattle. <laughs> Seattle during the height of the grunge scene. Um, so, yeah, it's kind of centered around that. It's a lot of, it's like one of those movies where it's, like, a lot of just, like, vibes. Like, you know what I mean? They're great just, vibes. Great vibes. Um, so 90s. The movie begins with Paul Westerbers waiting for somebody playing... As there's this, like, the handwritten 90s font of, like, credits roll. And there's, like, clips of Seattle. Yeah. Yeah. What happened to that? What happened to a little fun little intro sequence? So, so seriously. Yeah. Waiting for somebody. And then it's, like, Seattle. Seattle. I know. And then it's, like. The montages in like '90s and 2000s movies are so fun and cool, and like the little like and and Footloose when they're like starting, it's like they just don't make movies like like that anymore. After our little montage, (laughs) it begins with a character named Lisa. She meets a cute little Spanish guy. Actually, he's not that cute, but anyway, she meets this guy. He's from Spain. He's like studying at UW on a visa or whatever. And they like fall in love. This is like a one day thing. They like spend the whole day together. He draws yeah. a really poor, poorly drawn picture of her. Do you yeah. remember that? It's like literally three lines. And yeah. she's like, oh my it's God. It's very abstract. Yeah, it's weird. And she's like, oh my God. And she's God. like, oh my God, I'm in love with this guy. So she give, they like spend the night together and she gives him her garage door opener, which was it? Okay, someone old. Colin. <laughs> Colin, email me at um, popculturevultures at gmail. Just kidding. That's not, not real. Um, did the, was DM. that a thing that people did or was that like this movie specific? I've never heard or seen that before. I've never like, heard giving, that before. Like giving someone your garage door opener so they can have access to your house basically. It's like here's To your house. house? But it's like what? How many people have garages? You can't get in. Your door's still locked, right? Exactly. Wait I don't get it. Or actually, well, my family... We leave it locked. We leave, so. Well, we leave it locked at night, but during the day we'll leave it unlocked. No, we have, we like, have, the garage we have like door a side shut. door to the garage that we leave open, but the actual house door is locked. So it's like, okay, you can get into the garage whatever they want. Hmm. So I just don't really get it. But yeah, it's a little strange. The sentiment was like, you always have a place to like park. You have always a place to stay, like kind of like giving a key. Yeah, exactly. Which like way too fast. Anyways, I don't know. Lots yeah, of problems with that. Way too fast. Um, but he's supposed to leave for Spain the next day because his visa is up. That's what he tells her. So Lisa, being a 20-something, she goes out with her friends. She goes to the club. Um, yeah. And apparently in these clubs in the 90s, grunge scene, Allison Chains and Soundgarden are playing live. <laughs> and from across the room, she sees him sitting at the bar with this other chick. Mm-hmm. So he, one, didn't leave. And two, is just here with some other bitch. Which is so fucked up. Honestly, so fucked up. He really played with her emotions. Like, she gave Damn. you her garage door opener. Yeah. So what she does, she goes Come and on. gets a new garage door opener. And she is fully, you know closed off from dating and relationships yeah who can relate who can relate so anyways we then meet steve another 20 something guy living in an apartment complex surrounded by a few other 20 something single friends we got janet we got cliff we got debbie and we got david (laughs) i love this group i know they're a fun little little group cliff is a wannabe musician in the band citizen dick um who throughout the course of the film has a fluctuating relationship with janet who's a barista that's trying to put herself through college to become an architect. I love her. Again, who can relate? Ah. Debbie is a very Samantha from Sex and the City type. Yes. But a little bit more PG and, like, quirky. She's mm-hmm. a mixture between, like, Samantha and Phoebe Buffet. Um. Anyway, so she's trying to find the right man through this, like, video dating service, which adds this kind of comedic effect to the movie. But yeah, so there's, like, funny little, like, subplots kind of to, like, each of these people's lives that they kind of, like, go in and out. But most of it is following Steve and Lisa. 
Because one night, so Lisa's over this Spanish guy. She goes to another club where Alice in Chains is playing again. And they actually have Alice in Chains playing. It's really them. Oh, cool. Um, and that's when she meets Steve. So the rest of the movie basically like follows them and the other characters and just kind of navigating their relationships and the complications that come of it yeah. and all that. And then, of course, in a very rom-com way, it all kind of comes together in the end. And da-da-da-da-da, everyone's growing up and moving on and whatever. So... Very wholesome and, like, heartwarming and very just, like, it's a good movie to put on when you're, like, high or something because you, there's not much of a plot. There's not much of a plot. And yeah. also, I don't know if this is a Cameron Crowe thing because I feel the same way about Jerry Maguire and Say Anything, which I've both seen, like, a million times. Yeah. There's, like, it's a good vibe. Like, the vibes are, like, so good. Yeah. But, like, there – and there is, like, a plot and there's good characters. Like, it's all great. But it doesn't always seem to, like, wrap up neatly and, like, perfectly in the end. Like, there's a lot of, like – Parts that are just kind of thrown out no there and random. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there's nothing, like, yeah. grounding it and, like, wrapping it up. Right. It's kind of just, like, follow these people through their lives and their relationships. Yeah. For but there, it, it kind of feels like there's something missing. Like, when you when you finish, you're like, that was really good. But, like, there's something, like, kind of missing. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's not, like, as satisfying. I yes. Think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I still like love them. Like, I love all those movies. It's more, like, vibes. Yeah. But, but I feel like Almost Famous isn't like that. That yeah, one wraps that up really nicely. Yeah, yeah. For sure. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Hmm. I, I mean, I still enjoy it. I love them, but yeah. It reminded me of Sex in the City a little bit. It's like yeah. people like going about their lives in the city. They're like friends. Yeah. And there's nothing really super crazy. It's just like the mundane things of yeah. their life. It's literally so good. I love good. that. So, yeah. Getting more into just kind of some random shit about the movie then. Um, the movie features live appearances from both Alice in Chains and Soundgarden, as I said. And Chris Cornell actually made um, like a cameo appearance when Janet and Cliff, when Cliff like puts that new stereo in her car and she's standing oh. outside. Yeah, he's the guy that comes up and like stands next to them. That was Chris Cornell. Whoa. Rest in peace, my guy. Okay. Um, and Chris Cornell was actually supposed to play the role of Cliff. <gasps> and they actually worked with him for a while doing it. Like Cameron Crowe was really close with like a bunch of people in those grunge bands at the time. So when he was pitching this movie even to Warner Bros. or whoever, um, they were like, okay, like why? They didn't kind of, they didn't really get like what the, the scene that he was like trying to go for. They were like, why is it in Seattle? Like, why the music stuff? Like, why don't we do it in New York or something like that? And he was like, no, it's got to be Seattle. Like, I want to have he these knew. bands. And he knew all the bands. Like like I said, Pearl Jam also makes an appearance. Yeah, Eddie Vedder, Eddie Steve Vedder. Gossard, and Jeff Ammon are um, members of the fake band that, like, yeah. the, one of the characters is in. So yeah. a bunch of them are on the set and, like, also – they get to kind of like look at the characters and be like, oh, this is realistic or like this is this isn't. So like Cameron Crowe had like a good relationship with all of them and like made it he really knew. realistic. Yeah. Wow. To get the like grunge vibes, right? It's and like, like and it's like funny too, like it's yeah. poking fun. Like the character of Cliff is just like so super. Like he has a song, Touch Me, I'm Dick, which is like a, a joke <laughs> on like Mud Honey's Touch Me, I'm Sick. So it's like kind of funny. Like they're obviously poking fun at it, but like in a lighthearted way. Yeah. And he even had Mark Arm of Mud Honey. He was like on the set a lot of the time too and had like got his opinion on like the character of Cliff and like what he thought of him wow. and stuff and, and stuff like that. So like they're poking fun at it but they're like actually getting like he was opinion from people it. yeah that yeah. were in the scene at the time. Yeah. Even before the scene was like known as like the grunge scene in Seattle like before yeah. it even broke. Wow. So he was he was ahead of his time. He was ahead of his time. time. Yeah so and all the bands like contribute like songs onto the soundtrack because the soundtrack is what slaps. makes it. It slaps. They got Smashing Pumpkins Allison Chains, Soundgarden, Jimi Hendrix, mm. Mud Honey, Screaming Trees, and of course, Paul Westerberg. That's what's like so random is that they just got him <laughs> in to like do that. Yeah. That apparently he 
he like re- Cameron Crowe reached out to him to do the score of the film um, on those two songs because he just felt that his like songwriting about how he wrote about relationships and that kind of stuff would fit really well mm. in the movie. So he like contacted him directly. And the like this was kind of the start. Paul Westerberg hadn't done any of his like solo music before this. Hmm. So this was like his first time that people had heard him without the replacements, like not wow. being in the replacements. Yeah. So yeah. he just like full on did this like for Cameron Crowe's movie. Wow. I know. And That's... like it worked out because it fits so well in there. So you can like tell that Cameron Crowe put in so much time just like being in the scene, thinking about like, okay, what songs are going to sound good in here? Like what makes sense? And yeah. it pays off because it all just like meshes together so nicely. Okay. More facts. Um, the singles apartment where all the characters live in is an actual apartment complex, not just like a set. It's located in Seattle in Capitol Hill, um, and you can visit there if you want. But okay. um, this is from a Rolling Stones article called Singles at 25, Cameron Crowe on making, definitive grun- making the definitive grunge movie. Um, and they like basically talked to him just like, that's where I got all this information. It was about making the movie and like all the work that you put into it. And this is so funny. He said a few years back filming the documentary Pearl Jam 20 because he also – he has really close connections with them because he went like a couple years later and made like a whole documentary about Pearl Jam and directed it and like all this stuff. Wow. So he's like, he's the fucking he's a guy. Grunge, grunge guy. Yeah, I'll get into it like why that makes sense. Um, but he said, and we came back to the apartment house we were filming on the steps. The landlord came flying out of the corner apartment telling us, this is private property. You must leave. And he said, he asked them like, do a lot of people come? He said, do pe- many people come here because of the movie? And he said, all the time. And he was like, he said, I was so happy I almost hugged him. And he's like, why are you happy about that? He asked. I told him that I was the writer and director. He squinted his eyes and said, you ruined my life. And he showed <laughs> me that they had a poster of the movie in the hallway. So it's just like so like funny. And like that's yeah, that it's just like not a lot of people know about this movie, but it's like still, you know, it's still yeah. popular. Um, the yeah. definitive grunge movie. Exactly. I like, never knew that. It really is like yeah. there's not a whole lot on that. And it was before yeah. it, like grunge was really a thing, which is yeah. like, so cool about it. Uh, and, like, so w- what a weird coincidence that it came out in 1992, which was, like, right after yeah. Nevermind, like, came out, and that's when it blew up. Like, yeah. it was, like, right at the perfect time. But I they started if, filming it before then. I wonder if it was popular, like, when it first came out because of that timing. I think so. I mean, my parents, like, watched it and stuff. But like I said, Warner Bros. was kind of, like, hesitant about, like, signing on to the movie and all that stuff. Um, but when it did came out, it must have been pretty popular because they wanted to turn it into a TV show. But Cameron Crowe said no. See, that would be good. So he said, and I said that when we were watching. Remember, I was like, what if this was a series? Like, that would be so good. Yeah. So he said that they called him up and he said no. Okay, he said, and then I got like a call from my agent. And they were like, well, they're they're going to make it into a show anyways. And he was like, no, they can't do that. I already like signed, told them that I don't want it to be made into a show. I just want to keep it as it was. Like, I like the movie how it was. I don't want any yeah. additional work on it, whatever. And months and months go by and they come back to him and say that it's being turned into a TV show with David Crane and uh, like by David Crane and Marta Kaufman. Mm-hmm. Those are the two people who ended up doing Friends. Oh. And he called his lawyer and he told them that like, don't do it, like put it on hold. And then a few years later, the Friends pilot comes out and he sees that they're like all these people around this like courtyard with the fountain and they're all hanging out at a coffee <gasps> shop and all this stuff. Ooh, and he was like, oh my God, that's so funny. Like that's what they did with it is they turned it into Friends. And wow. he remembers, like, Cameron Crowe in the article talks about his mom calling him up and being like, what the fuck? Like, why didn't you just say yes? Like, you would have had friends and you would have been living in a mansion. Like, you would have made so much money. And he was like, no, I'm, like, super happy with what I did. And, like, I'm glad that I, like, yeah. you know, got to just have singles what it was. But you can, like, yeah. really draw a line from, like, 
friends to singles. Like that wow. was basically the idea. Like, yeah, that makes sense. Isn't that it's crazy? Sort of like the same plot. Yeah. When I was reading that, I was like, oh my god, it makes so much sense because like wow. Friends is like a very like polished version of what singles yeah. was but set in new york um so i also got into a little bit more about cameron crowe specifically just because i thought it was so interesting is like he's done all these like crazy he's done all these like really you know popular movies and stuff yeah so in from 1973 to 1976 he actually was a journalist for the rolling stone for at rolling stone okay um and his first cover story was about the allman brothers and he went on the road with them for three weeks at the age of 16 <gasps> which inspired his movie almost famous oh my God. So that is why, like, he actually did that as, like, a 16-year-old. He went on tour with the Allman Brothers. And Dude. then Rolling Stone, like, saw that and then got him in contact. And then eventually he wrote for them for, like, a few years. No way. Yeah, and so he was he was a music journalist. And then he just decided, like, out of the blue that he was going to be a filmmaker. And he made Fast Times at Ridgemont High. And that came out in 1982. And then from there, he didn't say anything. Mm-hmm. And then he was kind of done making, like, teen films. And he decided to do singles because he said that he wanted to, like, his audience and like the movies that he was making to grow up kind of like with him through his like career wow he's so like autobiographical i know because then like you think okay like then jerry Maguire and stuff came out and that's like they're a little bit older like maybe in their 30s and stuff so it's like yeah he's really just trying to like appeal to a bunch of different people and also still like use music and what he knows and what he's lived through like for his inspiration i love that i love when people do like autobiographical stuff or things that are just like mm-hmm. based on experiences in their life it makes it like Me so too. much more interesting to learn about that's like exactly whoa this actually happened to someone that's why i liked doing the research on this one and like made the movie like even better like i'm like oh it's like so heartfelt because you know he like really cares about it like yeah he could have easily easily like signed off to, off to it and like friends wouldn't have existed and it would have been singles yeah. And that would have been a TV show and it would have just, you know what I mean? And he would have made a lot of money and been fine. But he's like, no, I'm like happy with what I did. I like where it's at. Like, leave it as that. I respect that. Too. I know. Like not just capitalizing off of something for the sake of capitalizing. Yeah. And you he, like you can tell like he had, like you're saying, had the connection with all, all the people, you know, all the bands in the scene and had them on the set and had them yeah. in the movie and like got their music into it. Like he's happy with Smashing that. Pumpkins did drown as a demo and sent it to him for that. Like, it's not released. It's released as a single, but mm-hmm. they didn't, like, have it really for anything else. They, like, basically did it for this movie. And wow. same with, like, State of Love and Trust by... State of Love and Trust. That's not... You know? No. <laughs> <laughs> that Pearl Jam song they did, like, for this movie. So okay. it's, like, a lot of it is just, like, for this movie, and they're all just, the movie's like... like his name. baby. I know. He, he sounds like a real auteur. He is. Yeah. Like, he, like, I didn't really realize that about him, but, like, a lot of his movies, he's, like, putting everything into it. Like, this is his shit. I love that. So, yeah. A few other random facts I found. Um, when Debbie goes in and does, like, her dating video thing, the, like, director guy in the back, remember, they're, like, she's, like, Brian will do it. That's Tim Burton. What? Yes! Tim she's like Murray. paid 50 bucks and brian will direct it for you and he's like <gasps> sitting back there that's literally tim burton what? i know how random is that um yeah i know right and then more references to the grunge scene and like paying homage in a lot of these clips cliff is shown wearing a green river shirt which is a lesser known grunge band they were like one of the earliest maybe one of the first like grunge bands on the scene that kind of like sparked all the music in seattle so yeah wow. so this guy knew what he was fucking. yeah he knew that is shit. what i like respect like i admire that like he knew what he was doing yeah he obviously cared about it he liked the he wasn't just idea. trying to like profit off of it because it wasn't profitable at that time before never mind none yeah. of that was yeah. none of it was cool none of it was profitable so he just was doing it out of the love for music Dude. and art wow he yeah. saw the vision and the vision came to fruition
Okay, so my movie of choice is 10 Things I Hate About You. This really is like my favorite rom-com. This is my favorite rom-com like, too. I fucking And dare I say love it, one of the best, I think the best high school movie. Oh, yeah. Such a, well, there's a lot of good ones, but th- this one is such a good high because school movie. Because it's so just like funny and ridiculous. It's like, uh, it's obviously not taking itself serious, seriously and doesn't think that these things are like realistic. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, it's exactly. like so it's fucking sh- it's funny. It's just for shits and gigs. Yeah. So it came out in 1999 yes. and it was directed by Gil Younger or Junger. I assume it's Younger, like it's German. Like, okay. Because it starts with a J. And yes. stars Julia Stiles, Heath Ledger, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, and oh. Larissa Olenek. Can I just say name. I love Stacked cast. Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I know you do. And I love oh. Heath Ledger. <laughs> oh my God. Wait. This makes Wait sense for us. <laughs> Our two types. <laughs> I love them both, though. Oh. They're both amazing. Okay, so the screenplay was written by Karen McCullough Lutz and Kirsten Smith. And it's a modern adaptation of Shakespeare's The Taming of the Shrew. Oh, yeah. One of the many rom-coms slash movies that came out in the 90s and 2000s based on Shakespeare plays. Because that was kind of a phenomenon during that's, that time. That's um, She's the Man. She's the Man. Fucking hate um, that one, but that's, So yeah. many. There's a lot of them that are based off of. What is are, she? And also just like, just more modern adaptations like um, Romeo and Juliet with Leonardo DiCaprio. What were we talking about with Emma? What was that made into? Clueless. That was is that, Clueless was that Emma? No, it's Emma. Jane oh, Austen. Clueless yeah. is Emma. Yeah. yeah. Exactly, like that was a like, trend. I love that. And Fucking I love do that more too. because the idea is like one, you have no original idea, but like we're doing remakes and like of like the Little Mermaid, like live action Come is on. not. No, we don't like why? need that. We don't fucking need that. But we do if you, need. If you, oh, imagine like if, somebody, if they adapted like the picture of Dorian Gray or something. Now that would slay. That would be so Like taking good. a really old one from a totally different time period and like modernizing it always is good. Like oh. they, they knew that in the Anything 90s like, and 2000s. Yeah, do some Oscar Wilde. Like make it Oscar. super gay. Can you imagine if they, someone, guys get on that. Guys, picture of Dorian we Gray. We need to be filmmakers. That's what I'm saying. Cameron Crowe, journalist to filmmaker. We have ideas, guys. We, we, we have, have ideas. ideas. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Okay, okay. Anyway. Uh, um, okay, also, the, this writing duo would go on to write Legally Blonde. So they slay. Oh, I'm not a huge Legally Blonde girl. I'm not either. Just because they're good Reese Witherspoon. Oh. But I do like Walk the Line. That's like the one thing she's that I do like. I like that. I, I mean, I just, I never watched it until recently, so I didn't like always like have a connection to I it. I like What's Her Name. Makes me want a hot dog real bad. <laughs> What's her name? Jennifer Coolidge? Oh, yeah, yeah, she's amazing. Okay, so we start off the movie with another well, another Seattle montage. It's like, what's the thing oh, about? Yeah. There's a lot of rom-coms based Seattle? in Seattle. Yeah, it's in Seattle. Sleep is in Seattle. And Sleep is in Seattle. I'm like, wow, Seattle was popping and hopping in the Ooh, 90s. In the rom-com world and in the grunge world. And everywhere, I guess. The music world. So, yeah, we have a little Seattle montage with all yes. the credits. It's amazing. And uh, we Yeah, meet- seriously, bring that back. Bring uh, back, bring back the that? little montage with the with the beginning credits. With the fun, colorful, you know, like, graphic yes. credits. Yeah, I love that. Fuck. I feel like movies either movies are just like They take too themselves too seriously. seriously. They're not uh. fun. Give me give me the fun light rom Except Barbie. Except See, that's why Barbie, Barbie is... knew what was going on. Like, let's bring lighthearted, fun little movies back. I agree. But they're but still quality. Yes. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> so we meet Kat, played by Julia Stiles, as she's driving to her is it Kat or the kid? No, it's Kat. It's Kat. As she's driving, because it's Katarina. <laughs> Katarina. <laughs> As she's driving to her cool high school, which is, like, really fancy and, like, Isn't huge. she also bumping at one point? I don't give a damn. I'm yes. Like, that's what I was going to say. That is in every... If you use that song <laughs> in a piece of uh, film or TV, it's going to be good. I love you. It's quality. Yeah. That is, like, one of the best songs of all time. It's so... Great. It works so well. So fucking And well. it, it... Yeah, so right off the bat, she's driving to school in her, like, beat-up 
Buick. I don't know yeah. if it's a Buick. It's a car. <laughs> it's a beat up car. Um, and not in the beat up of like mine. It's like it's like beat it's like up. Beat up. It's like yeah. <laughs> it's like falling apart. Yeah. yeah. And she's blasting bad reputation. And oh. she it's obvious that she's just she's kind of like a antisocial, you know angry moody girl yeah. right off the bat because she's like ripping prom posters off the wall and she's like I'm not this like antiquated institution yeah. yeah exactly but the way they do it here's my thing with that too is like I usually fucking hate that trope like I hate that like I'm not like other girls like I'm a, yeah, I'm like, a bad girl and I don't wear pink and uh, like yeah, I, I it's hate annoying. that and then like she like puts on other girls for liking that yes, too which is annoying but sucks. also she's sort of the archetype she's sort of like the original exactly and she also has a good character arc that's what I'm saying and she like they they do it in a way where it's like redeemable yeah. and like you're like okay like, and she's like and also it's like okay a high schooler would act like this like I was a pretentious True. little fuck in high school too yeah you know what I mean like I was listening to punk music and thinking I was like better than everyone yeah else, so and well, they you know? also like I'll talk about this later but they like call her out too for it too yeah like, for her double yeah. standards because her like, sister and stuff too yeah yeah so I like I it's very self aware that's it how is. you know they're like good writers because mm-hmm. it's like it's it's like kind of tropey but it's also like very self aware exactly like, yes <laughs> oh love that um then. We meet the new student Cameron, who's played by a very young, cute, but really super dweeby Gordon Joseph Gordon Levitt, who really looks like a high schooler. He looks like he's actually he fifteen. He does. He yeah. looks How fifteen. How old was he filming that? You think? I don't. Probably I, like twenty. Probably <laughs> he's like twenty. Age. Yeah, but he looked so young. Yeah, he did look really young. She does, and the sister does too. The, like, yeah, they look like they're it's high pretty schoolers. accurate. Yeah, actually. Yeah. We meet Cameron. He's at the principal's office, and she's writing smut on her laptop. <laughs> What did she say? Like, what's another word for? What yeah, she say? Like, what's another word for member or something? Like his yeah. pulsating bratwurst or something. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I love. I was gonna say a side <laughs> note. Funny. The side characters in this movie are so funny. Like, so I, funny. I love the principal. She's just like this horny crazy. Joan principal. Cusack. Joan Cusack. Mm. Exactly. She's hilarious. And then also the English teacher is really funny because he's always like roasting the hell oh, out of the students. Yeah. You know, he's that's always so like, accurate. Yeah. He's like, get out of my classroom. <laughs> There's that one part where he's like, later. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. And his eyes are like wide open. Later. <laughs> He's so funny. So funny, funny. They both kind of like steal the show. I love Yeah, them. they do. Then we meet sexy, hot Australian Patrick Verona. Stop. Played yeah, by Julius Heath Ledger. <laughs> I'm not, I don't know if I just I love Heath Ledger. I've been yeah. having Heath Ledger kick because I've been watching a lot of Oh, yeah. Of we, watched, we watched Night's Tale. We, yeah. Guys, we were going to do a medieval. <laughs> Oh God, yeah. We were gonna do. Me- we were like really in the spirit of the Renaissance fest that we went to. So we were like, let's do medieval movies. Uh, yeah, we almost did that last week, guys. Yeah. Um, luckily, we took a break. It got a little, uh, too, we, got we, a little we, too random. We got to our senses. We came to our senses, and we decided to do this instead. <laughs> After I did all my research for a night still. No, I enjoyed it because I'm like in the Heath Ledger universe now. And oh, that's yes. where I always want to be. Her brain is circulating. Well, like, <laughs> did you watch um, Batman? I haven't seen all of them. I think I've just seen the first he's one. Actually, in the trilogy. such he's a good crazy. actor, though. Like he's no, he's so talented. I know. When you see how different he is in like that, these fun little rom coms, that's what shows you like a good, a good actor a good that actor. can do both. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. those are like extreme oh, opposites. Love it. Anyway, so he comes into the principal's office because he's always getting in trouble. He's a little bad boy. Ooh, and uh, yeah, that's basically all you need to know about him. That's how. That's where we get introduced to him. Um, then Cameron. Ca- <laughs> Cameron. Cameron, it, Cameron meets Michael, who's this kind of dweeb nerd who gives him the classic like show around school. Like, here's the rundown. Like, there you got your nerds. There you got your potheads. There you got your cowboys. And they because there's like a group <laughs> of cowboys. Does. Yeah, and there's like the, the hippies. Like, yeah, the Grateful Dead type. And then they go and there and there's like a group of coffee lovers. And I love this part because oh, he yeah. like he like bumps into one of them and he's like, 
that was Costa Rican butt yeah. hair. <laughs> so funny. No, that's like almost every high school movie. Like Mean Girls does that. I think mm-hmm. maybe Clueless does that. So many high school movies do that. Freaks mm-hmm. and geeks. Anyway, Cameron is gagged by a beautiful girl who walks by, Bianca Stratford, who's very popular and all the guys are obsessed with her. The name Bianca <laughs> so fucking funny to me. You ever mess with my name Bianca? No. Oh. It means white in Italian. Does it really? Mm-hmm. Bianca is literally white. Well, I met a girl named Bianca and she was not Vino white. Vino Bianco. White wine. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for that. Vino Bianco. Yeah, I went to Italy. Well, I went, like, yeah, she's studying abroad in Italy. I, I know some Italian. <laughs> okay, um, so we also learned that she's Kat's sister, but they are polar opposites. My- Michael's like, forget about her. It's a known fact that the Stratford sisters aren't allowed to date. But Cameron, I don't know why I gave him that voice. <laughs> I don't think he sounds like well, that. Well, he kind of has, he a, little bit has of a, a bit of yeah. an accent, though. Yeah. He's like, no. hey, and that's when what, you start that point when he's, like, when he's like, I have a dick on my face, don't I? <laughs> <laughs> like, he kind of does have a little bit of an accent. I have a dick on my face, don't I? <laughs> he's so, <laughs> so funny. He's so funny. I love he's it. literally uh, every, every character is so funny. I know. Okay. So um, but Cameron is so gobsmacked in love, he doesn't care. <laughs> And then he finds out that she needs a French tutor. So he's like, okay, that's my in, even though he doesn't speak a lick of French. So he basically, he's so fucking gobsmacked by her that he learns. <laughs> where is this word coming from? <laughs> gobsmacked? I love that word. It's funny. He's so freaking gobsmacked. Can't I just get me a man that's he's, gobsmacked? He's enamored. He's gobsmacked. <laughs> that he's literally, he's literally going to learn French for her. Oh, my God. Anyway, we cut to Amazing. a class. We cut, we cut to the English class where Kat is roasting Hemingway. And just like the white patriarchal curriculum that they're subjected to. She's like, why can't we read Sylvia Plath? Um, and then she gets roasted by the teacher. Um, and then like he's like, get out of my class. He's like, later. later. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. No, but it's so good because he like roasts her for being like a white feminist. She's like, oh, I guess yeah. it's so hard like with your upper suburban class. Yeah, because he's life. a black guy. Yeah. 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 So I really was like, wow. I'm like, they're going on. fucking woke in 99 right now. They I'm were like, really okay. fucking woke. And also this is when we're introduced to Joey, who's like the picture of toxic masculinity, like yeah. frat boy, fuck boy, asshole. And he is a jerk to cat. He's like, you didn't take your mind all today. <laughs> okay, so basically it's established that Kate has very strong Kate. opinions. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Kat. Kat has very strong opinions. She's very smart, but no one likes her because she's just really cold and antisocial. You know, no one likes yeah. her. Then we cut to their beautiful rich house because their dad's uh, a doctor. With the wraparound deck. Porch. Oh, oh or whatever. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Whatever. I've um, always wanted that. And they have that in Gilmore Girls. Um, they- yeah. What's up with that? Oh so we meet the dad. He's a doctor. And we find out the reason why he doesn't let his daughters date until they graduate is because he delivers babies. I don't know what kind of doctor that's called, but he's a baby deliverer doctor. Yeah. He's worried about them getting pregnant because he delivers so many like teen moms mm-hmm. kids. But it's just like dog. That's just going to make them want to date more, which exactly. is exactly what happens. But then he comes to this idea. He's like, you know what? I'm going to come up with a new rule. If Because Bianca's like, I really want to date. Like, come on. Like, she, she's into Joey. She wants to date Joey. Yeah, she wants to get on that Joey And action. Joey just wants to fuck. To bang. To yeah. bang a room. Because uh, she's like one of the prettiest girls in school. Yeah. She's pretty. <laughs> she said bang a room. <laughs> she wants to bang a room. He wants to bang. He wants to bang a room. He does want to bang a room. That's, that's all he wants to do. He wants to bang a room around. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's his whole purpose. He's just a fuck Yeah. Boy. So basically, uh, the dad comes up with a new <laughs> rule that Bianca can date once Cat dates. He's and he's like, oh, <laughs> he's like, I like that. Oh, I like that. 
this works perfectly for him because Kat has no interest in dating. She thinks all the boys at school are shit. So Cameron gets wind of this whole arrangement, this whole situation, and he's determined to find a guy crazy enough to date Kat. Um, and then they see Patrick lighting a cigarette with a Bunsen burner. And he's like, that's our guy. That's our fucking guy. But then Michael's like, no, he's too crazy. Like, he sold his own liver on the black market for a new (laughs) set of speakers. (laughs) Literally me. he's too crazy. Um, But then they're like, no, let's just try it. So they go up to, they they set up, they basically like fucking mastermind, like orchestrate this whole plan. They're literally geniuses. Yes, it's really fucking convoluted too. The plan is that they're going to set up Cat, they're going to, they're going to set up Cat with Patrick, and in order to get Patrick to want to date Cat, they're going to pay. They're gonna they're gonna get Joey to pay Patrick because they don't have the money to do it to pay him to do exactly. It. But, but Joey's they they rich. make Joey th- they, they tell Joey yeah that he, he can date Bianca if, if Cat, Cat dates. dates so they got to pay him right. So yes. they 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 lead Joey to believe that he's going to get with Bianca, which he wants to get with Bianca yeah. too. By paying Patrick to date Kat. Yeah. But then really Cameron is slipping in there and he's oh going to date Shake Bianca. Th- I wonder how much this lines up with um, Timmy and the Shrew. Because this is some juicy fucking... It's really... like It's fucked up, but it's juicy. I'm like, Shakespeare's on to some... Shakespeare was a messy little <laughs> bitch. Like, yeah. <laughs> no, Shakespeare, like, he knew, he knew how so. to stir the pot. He did. Yeah, he He's did. like, this going to be messy for my character. <laughs> Honestly, no, he, he did. did. Okay, so Patrick starts trying to woo her. He agrees to this whole thing because he wants the money. So he starts trying to woo her, but it's proving really difficult because she's not afraid of him like everybody else is. They're actually very similar because, like, they both don't care what people think and everybody's, like, kind of intimidated by them. Yeah. So um, Cameron and Michael then amass a list of her interests, which are, quote, <laughs> Thai food, feminist prose, and angry girl music of the indie rock persuasion. This is us. <laughs> this is literally us. <laughs> so that Patrick can use these things to woo her. Um, so then Patrick goes to this club where Kat's favorite band, Letters to Cleo. Oh, and, and it's actually Letters to Cleo. It's actually them. And it's they actually play them. multiple times throughout I know. this movie. Oh my God, what's that? They do the cover. I want Yes, you. I was going to say that at the end. We should go home and bang that in dance room. I love that song. <laughs> I banged it after the movie. I was like, wait. It's so, wow. every time I watch that movie, I like listen to that for like three days straight. Like Because the soundtrack in this movie is also really it's good. so good. So good. Yeah. So she's having a grand old time dancing around and Patrick is like, he's like, oh. He's like, okay, wait a minute. Hey, wait a minute. She's, she's kind of cute. Like, she's like kind of She's kind of cool. Hi. Yeah. And then he he, conv- he convinces her to go to this party with him that like everybody's going to. <laughs> Since Kat is allowed to go, that means that Bianca can go. Yes. So she goes to this party. She's all hype. She's like, yes, I'm going to live up my teen years. I'm going to get frisky with Joey. She said slay, slay. Yes, she's ready to go. Um, and it's kind of sad because Cameron, you know, tries to hit her up at the party. But it's clear that she's like not that into him. She wants to be with Joey. But then later, later, (laughs) throughout the party, she starts to realize how much of a fuck boy Joey really is Mm -hmm. and how, like, dumb he is. And she loses interest. And then she's like, wait a minute, Cameron is nice and kind of cute. But Cameron's upset with her now. Cameron's mad now. Anyway, meanwhile, 
Cat is drunk as fuck. She starts twerking on the table. Was yeah. it like Biggie or something funny? <laughs> yeah. It's like rap. Yeah, she really. It's, yeah, it's Biggie. They play the Biggie, and she's like, her dance is actually down. good. I know. Yeah, she like really, really went for it in that dance. I was like, wow. I was okay. like, okay. Everyone was like, yeah. Yeah, I like have to respect it. I know. Um, but Patrick is like, this isn't you, and he takes care of her when she's drunk and like oh. really makes sure that you know she's okay. She doesn't die on the swings. Exactly. Yeah. And it's obvious, like that he's actually a good guy and that he cares about her. Then he drops her off at home later and Kat, at this point, is kind of smitten with Patrick. She's like, wait a minute, I love him. (laughs) (laughs) Wait a minute, I love him. She's like, wait, this guy Everyone's like coming to their senses and they're like, yeah, exactly. Maybe I just need to see what's right in front of me. That's another trope. Yes, so true. Um, Anyway, so yeah, this is bold. She goes for the kiss. She's like, you know what? I'm going in for the kiss. And she She goes in for the kiss and gets denied. (laughs) He says, maybe we should do this another time. (laughs) But she's fucking messed up, She's she's not as drunk as she was. But still respect on him because if she's even slightly out of her mind. (laughs) Exactly. He didn't want to take advantage of her. And he also, I think think he refused because he felt bad about the whole fucked up arrangement. Mm -hmm. And like he he knew that he was actually getting feelings for her. Yeah. So, He's like, I need to end this arrangement before I make go in so that she doesn't find out. Yeah, exactly. And, like, lead her on and stuff. But he does like her, too. Ooh. Anyway, she gets mad. And she's like, well, fuck you, then. And she storms off. There's a lot of anger. Like, a lot of, like, people getting mad and then, like, we're The miscommunication. Getting, yeah, lots of oh, miscommunication. I hate that. Meanwhile, in a cinematic parallel, Cameron... <laughs> Cameron is dropping Bianca off and he's also still kind of mad at her for like stringing him along kind of but then she kisses him and that shuts him up yeah as it should and then they have a little thing okay so so that it worked worked out with them because now she's like she realizes that Joey sucks and now she realizes that Cameron is nice and then like Cameron has been pining for her this whole time and that works out it's like ah see that's how life should work (laughs) yeah anyways anyway (laughs) why did you look at me like that (laughs) (laughs) um okay and also there's just like little shakespeare references spread throughout which i love like there's a to me let me tell you (laughs) well there's only one really and it's obvious (laughs) bitch what and it's super obvious well one of the english assignments the next english assignment is to write shakespearean sonnets yeah 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 right so um anyway that's gonna come into play later so then Joey pays Patrick big bucks to take Kat to the prom because prom's coming up. And he's like, yo, you got to take her to the prom so that I can take out Bianca. But Patrick is getting fed up with this. He's like, dude, feelings are getting involved. I can't do this. <laughs> I can't do this twisted game anymore. It's messed up. Feelings are getting involved. <laughs> Love is like a game. It's hard to start. Wait, what is it? It's easy to you start, start hard, hard to finish. finish dude. You can't <laughs> do this anymore. That's what they say. His, his line has been crossed. Yeah. But he still wants, he, he eventually accepts because he, he like genuinely wants to go to the prom with yeah. Kat. Um, but Kat's still mad at him for and, skirting. I mean, he does get paid for it. So. It's like, well, yeah. yeah it's like a win-win. It's like, but, mm, but you lose not? in the end. But like, he feels like his conscience. Is yeah, he's, he's more like guilt. Yes. Yeah. Um, Kat is still kind of mad at him for like skirting out of that kiss. So he decides to win her back by going the public display. D- pub- <laughs> the <laughs> public again. display of affection route. Okay, guys. No. No. Um, unless you're Heath Ledger, don't do this. It me. only works okay. if you're Heath Ledger. It only works That's if you're like say. really stinking hot. Yeah, this is probably one of the most iconic rom-com scenes ever. He basically pays some guy to let him like take over the intercom when she's at soccer practice or whatever. And then he like hires the marching band to like do 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 like and their horns like 
and he sings Can't Take My Eyes Off You. And it's oh. amazing. Then he gets chased I by the police. I love you, baby. Right. It's a great voice, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, and she's like, ah. Uh, yeah, and it's like funny because he's like chased off by like the security. By or security, whatever, and yeah. it's like she's like laughing. Everyone's laughing. Yeah, it's like, oh, he's, it's like it's it's charming. It's it charming. is in a movie. Yes. Anyway, he gets <laughs> detention for this, and then Cat is like, "I'm gonna break him out, and we're gonna go on a little date." And the way she breaks him out is by flashing the teacher, which is fucking insanity. Hold on, she fully flashes the she teacher. She really does. Could you imagine? I was like, that does so not much. Fly. That is like so '90s of you. I know this would not fly. Yeah, no, that is um, like no fly list. So she breaks him out of detention, and they go on this cute little date where they go boating in the Seattle Bay or whatever. Weird. Uh, followed by paintball. Oh. Which Someone so take fun. me on a paintball date. I know. Mm, and they God. have their first kiss. I've never seen that, though. There was, like, paintball, like, water balloons. With no guns. Yeah. yeah. Which I, I mean, I want prefer. the guns. Oh. <laughs> I, the guns hurt. Like, it goes yeah. so fast. Oh. I really want to go paintballing, though. I want a laser tag. Oh. Later, Kat and Bianca are having a little sister talk. And Kat reveals that she and Joey dated for a month during freshman year when Kat was popular. She's Because they're seniors, right? Because she's talking about going to college. And stuff. Yeah. She's yeah. a senior. She wants to go to Sarah Lawrence. Ooh, smart she, girl. She's like, I need to get out of here. Like, I need to go where there's culture. I need to go to the East Coast. That's such a trope. Yes, they dated for a month and they had sex. Basically just because everyone was doing it. And afterwards, she told him she didn't want to do it again. She just wasn't feeling it. Yeah. And he dumped her because he's a fuckboy. And then yep. after that, she swore shit. she would never do something just because everyone else was doing it. And that's why the, that's why she's the way that she is. Oh, respect that. And though. so they have a little, like, sister bonding moment kind of cat gets asked to go to prom with patrick as we know he's being paid even mm. though he still you know likes her which means bianca's allowed to go with guess who cameron, cameron. Oh. things are coming to fruition justice for cameron justice for cameron these love days <laughs> peace uh. and love <laughs> <laughs> but joey didn't get the memo and he shows up to the stratford house the stratford house only to realize that bianca is already gone i love that part and he's pissed the dad is like um the fuck are you yeah he's like who the creep? fuck are you pretty yeah. boy huh <laughs> pretty boy what are you doing here hot what are you doing here pretty boy so then joey is all pissed and he confronts patrick at the prom because they're having a good time at the prom they're all dancing and then joey comes up and he's like what am i paying you for and basically reveals that Patrick has been paid all along to take out Kat. And so she's Imagine pissed. Imagine that. No, like, I, it is really fucked up. So she's really pissed. She like storms out of there. Meanwhile, Joey goes up to Cameron and he punches him. <laughs> and then Bianca comes up and is like, you know what? Oh, I love Fuck it. you. And she punches him twice in the face and then knees him in the nuts. <laughs> Knee. <laughs> it's like. <laughs> <laughs> Prom over. Cat pissed. Patrick upset. Right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> a little recap. Let's let's check base. Here's where we're at. Here's yes. the stats. <laughs> yes. Easy, easy for you guys to understand. <laughs> then the next scene, another iconic scene. We're back in the English class, oh. and they're supposed to read their sonnets that they wrote. And Cat is like, "I'll read mine," and it's a list of things she hates about Patrick, and she starts crying because the thing that she hates about him the most is that she doesn't hate him at all. And she breaks down in tears, and it's so I iconic. break down in tears, and then Tony's curled up on the ground crying. And I, I just can't imagine, like, the courage she had to well, read that. Because she doesn't care what anyone thinks of her. It's amazing. But, like, it's such a personal, like, love, de- it's basically a love declaration. I would never. In front of her high school English class? I would never. That's crazy. Can you imagine you're, like, one of the classmates, you're like, 
No, I'd be like, I, I shouldn't be, be lo- like, I shouldn't be I should- here. <laughs> like, this is like you two guys person. You alone? Like, <laughs> you guys need to go to a room and work that <laughs> you out. You want us to leave or what? Um, and I have to really commend her for that. Me like, too. brave. So then she goes to her car to find that Patrick bought her a guitar that she's been wanting because she's a rock chick. Uh, um, but yeah, a guitar. But he, and the good thing is that he bought it with the cash he got from Joey. Which is so, come yeah. on. See, that's one of those for full circle moments in a movie that you're like, oh. Yeah, exactly. I love rom-coms for that. I know. <laughs> And they make up, and it ends with Letter to Cleo playing, inexplicably, they're on the roof of the school. Oh, yeah. Um. <laughs> playing, I want you to want me. I want you to want, want me. And then it's I didn't so even realize, good. but during the credits, there's a blooper reel. Oh, yeah, I've seen that. And it was so funny. I know. But it also made me realize how, like, filming movies is so awkward, because everything is so quiet. There's no, like, like I was just, like, watching True. them film, and it would just be, like, you know, prom scenes, completely quiet. People are not making noise. Like, all that sound effects yeah, and stuff are added, added in. in. And so they're just, like, like, it's, ah, oh, I, I don't yeah, think I could do that. It's so, like, it. awkward we and We were not quiet. cut out to be actors. That's why we're no, here. We tried. Here. We had our moments. We have our theatrical qualities, yeah, we but. did. Well, we tried out the theater. <laughs> we did. Yeah, I had, my, I had my time. Sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, short-lived for me. Next, no, maybe we'll be in. Filmmakers. Filmmakers. So, sh- Watch Next industry that. we're breaking into. <laughs> okay, let's talk about the legacy of the movie. Yes. So it grossed sixty million worldwide, and it created breakout rules, breakout <laughs> rules for Styles Ledger and Gordon Levitt. And yeah, it's developed a cult following, considered one of the best high school rom coms, right? High school movies. It won seven. Teen Choice Awards, not 17. Oh, okay. 17. Teen. Teen's Choice Awards. Teen's, yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. And in 2009, it was developed into a TV reboot, which ran for 20 episodes and featured the same dad, played by Larry Miller. Oh, really? Which I didn't know. Weird. But I think it wasn't very successful. I wouldn't want to watch that, yeah. Yeah. Um, It's my personal conviction that- Okay. That Heath Ledger- Is hot. Is the best- Well, yeah. The the best possible (laughs) rom-com lead. He is such a good rom-com lead. Uh Uh-huh. Because he's so charming, he's so adorable. He's so he's charming. So charming. He's, he's like that, that little smile. <sighs> His smile. And especially in this movie, he's so charming. He's so charming, yeah. And that really, yeah, like we said earlier, it really shows his fucking range. Because yeah. then he went and did Dark Knight, something completely different. Because he could have he could have had a career just doing rom-coms, and I would have ate that shit up. Me too. Anyway. Silly little goofy movies. Silly yeah. goofies. Also, the humor in this movie is so good. It's so funny. I think every character is funny. Every character is charming. Yep. Yep. Soundtrack, really good. Super iconic scenes. You said that. Like, every yes. scene is good. Like, so fucking It goes iconic. down in rom-com history. Like, it it's such an iconic rom-com. All right. Fuck, Mary kill. Let's yes. do it. Let's fucking let's, do let's it. Let's do this. Okay. When Harry met Sally. I had. That was my first one. We should just do one because yeah, we're, just we're do doing one. the same thing. Yeah. You do it. Um. Well, I was going to choose 500 Days of Summer. Is that a rom-com? Oh, I, yeah. I would say that's that a is like my absolute favorite. But it's favorite. not 90s. That used to be my... Are we doing 90s? Oh, I guess we, no, we don't have to. Because, yeah, that was, like, my absolute favorite of, like, one that's of my like favorite movies. One. Like, that's still one of my favorite movies. That was, like, my yeah. favorite movie for, like, years. I think we should just yeah, some honorable mentions. <laughs> yeah, let's just honorable Is High Fidelity, them. is that a rom-com? <gasps> I don't know. Kind I've never of, actually seen he, the movie. Just, I just saw the TV show. But I want to see the movie. Can we watch <laughs> the that? Girl, I work at a record store now. I picked 50 First Dates in there. I love me some Adam Sandler. I don't give a um, fuck. I don't give a fuck what anyone says. Yeah, it's stupid and it's it's whatever. I love Adam Sandler. I did see part of like the wedding singer with you. Remember? I love the wedding singer. I yeah. love Drew Barrymore. I love Drew Barrymore. And of course, Adam Sandler is like, he always puts himself like this hot shot guy with like mm-hmm. these hot women. But I think he knows, like he's aware. He's, he's aware that he's a goof he's a goofy and like he's not yeah. that hot. And I like, just, it's funny. I just hate grownups. But like, oh, I hate grown-ups Everybody too. does. I hate it. That, I feel like that's sort of like That's like past him. his, yeah. Yeah, but 
but like also when he did Uncut Gems, I was like, okay. I didn't see that. He's really good in that. But like the rom-coms? It was a surprise. The Adam Sandler rom-coms? Yeah. I would... eat it up with a fucking spoon, my guy. <laughs> Big Daddy? So good. Big Daddy. That's what it's called. 50 First Dates? Good. Wedding Singer? So good. Yeah. How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days? Also good. That one had like a resurgence recently. I want to watch that. That one's like, I'd rewatch Matthew that. Matthew McConaughey like kind of he kinda, freaks me out. He kind of works in the role though. I don't know. He freaks me out. Is he like a cocky motherfucker? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he is. Yeah. Then it works. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I think we should call it quits there. We yeah. don't have a fuck Mary Kill because these are all over yeah, the place. But sorry. those are some of our faves. Those are honorable mentions. And yeah. There's so many great ones. So out many there. good ones. So tonight <laughs> watch find you that someone special. <laughs> pop some popcorn and watch a rom gum. Have some Hey, rose. you ever done this is what we should do. Huh? Do you like <laughs> Do you like hot tamales? I love hot tamales. Well not as much as you. I love you for that. Popcorn. This is what we used to do as a kid. Pop some popcorn. And then you hot mix tamales. in hot tamales and you eat them together. It's like a sweet, salty, spicy. Oh, wow. What's your movie candy choice? Oh, ooh. Mine's ooh. a Red Vines. Red Vines. Red Vines is great. I love Sour Patch Kids. I love to have mm, a little, little mm, sour yeah. um, with popcorn. I think that's yeah. a nice little balance too because you got the sour and then you got the Dude, we got to do a movie night salty. and do the, the hot tamales and the popcorn. That'll, that'll take me back. Dude, if, if I, and if I want something sweet and chocolatey, dips. Oh, I know you with your dibs. Okay, anyways, guys. Anyways, that's enough Like rambling. I said, follow the Instagram. Check it out. Check it, check, 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 check it out. Check it out, what, 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 What's it all about? And yeah, and we'll see you guys next week. We got some more stuff coming up. We might take a little break, and then we'll be back. Yes, back, back, stay tuned. Yeah. All right, bye.